This is Liam Hendricks, and you're watching Crosstown Crosstalk on the Barroom Network. Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Every summer in Chicago, the sunshine spotlights the city's spectacular skyline, its luxurious lakeshore, marvelous monuments, and the over 200 neighborhoods in the city. And it also brings to light two of the greatest sports franchises in the world. On the north side, it's the Cubs. On the south side, it's the White Sox. This is Crosstown Crosstalk. Hello and welcome to another very exciting episode of Crosstown Crosstalk presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi and I am extremely excited about today's episode. It is one of the bigger episodes that we've had on this show in a long time. We are bringing on someone who has been on the show before, and I'm very excited to welcome back for the second time ever, Chicago Cubs prospect, Cole Franklin. Cole, how are we doing? Doing great, man. Appreciate you for having me on here. Absolutely. So I'm going to start off with the most important question I'm going to ask you the entire show. How does it feel to be the first, second time guest of any player to ever come on the show? It's an honor, man. I appreciate it. I truly do. It's a, it's awesome. Glad to be back. Absolutely. We're so happy to have you. So I'm going to start off the 2022 season. It was a pretty good season for you. You had some ups, you had some downs, but it all ended It ended in a great way. We'll get to that in a little bit. But how would you evaluate your 2022 performance <clears throat> on a personal level? Uh, statistically, wasn't wasn't where I wanted to be. But I know the main goal for me was stay healthy, get innings, make every start, and it's kind of what I ended up doing. So I was I was happy with the the results in the long run, just because of the fact that, like I said, I went in and all I want to do is stay healthy. <coughs> Sorry, I'm just getting over the flu. No worries. <laughs> um. So yeah, you you mentioned it. There were some statistical things, but you made all your starts, and there was a point in the season you started touching a hundred on a regular basis, and you're working your your off-speed stuff as beautifully as I've seen a prospect do in a long time in the Cubs organization. And I want to know, like, what was it like to be able to develop your arsenal a little bit there? It was honestly all about just getting more repetitions for me after not doing it, you know, for two years. It was a lot of just, like, getting that rhythm back on the mound, getting back to where I felt comfortable on the mound. And uh, so I'd say it kind of I kind of started, like, hitting stride probably middle into the season just because of the fact that then I was able to be stretched out to five innings and kind of be, uh, you know, be comfortable as a starter and uh, kind of, you know, give myself time to, you know, figure everything out, face the lineup a couple more times. So I would say it was kind of it was kind of just more repetitions to get uh, to get comfortable with everything. Absolutely. And then, of course, the 2022 season for you and your teammates, it ended as high as you would probably want it to as a minor league player. The South Bend Cup, the South Bend Cubs were the Midwest League champions. You were a huge part of that what was it like to be a champion in the midwest league it was awesome man i mean you know obviously like you you get to those dog days in the minor league season where it's like man it feels like we've been playing for a whole year but uh I, you, you you hit the postseason and everyone's like all right you know if we're here 
we're we're gonna we're gonna do it. And so it was it was pretty it was really cool to see everybody buy in and you know everyone really wanting to win and like every single game everyone you know you know put their all out there and you know did what they had to do for us to win a championship. So it was it was it was awesome to see you know everyone come together as one and uh, you know end up achieving the the long term goal. Absolutely. And when you watch the Major League Baseball playoffs, you see guys popping champagne and all sorts of stuff after each round. And when they win the World Series, they go on an absolute bender. Does that happen when you win a minor league championship? Did you and the boys, you guys get a little wild celebrating it? Uh, we we uh, we popped champagne and everything and it was it was fun. I mean, we all kind of just hung out together and, you know, enjoyed our time. But it was it was a good time for sure. That's exciting. Do you think people talk about playoff experience and whatnot as you would grow your game when you we reach the ultimate goal of making major league baseball. Do you think that experience will help guys that were your teammates once they do propel up in the organization more? Absolutely. Just, I mean, it just puts you, you know, it puts you in those games where it's like you have to win. Those are big games, even for a minor league baseball player. Like those are big games that, you know, are, are only going to help you, you know, make it easier transition to when you're pitching in big games in the big leagues. And you're kind of just getting used to that, you know, that pressure that's on you during the game, during the, on the mound in the box, like, it's always good. It's always good getting those type of reps, especially in those type of uh, environments. And so I would definitely say it helps a ton. Absolutely. So was there a player on your team, the South Bend Cubs? I mean, we know about the top prospects in the Cubs organization that get talked about a lot. Obviously, Brendan Davis, we'll get to him in a minute. Um, Peter Crow Armstrong, Alcantara, you know, these guys are all awesome. Is there anybody that flew under the radar a little bit this year that you're like, Cubs fans have to know about this guy as they, he progresses through his minor league career and maybe why on that? Um, I would say the two biggest ones that kind of caught my eye were uh, Zach Lee and uh, Riley Martin. And uh, Zach Lee is going to be anywhere from 95 to 97, closer, like wipeout slider. Uh, and honestly, just like, his, his fastball has a lot of like a uh, vertical rise. And so he gets a ton of swings and misses on, on his fastball. And it's, and it's not like he's throwing soft either. So uh, he was a big, he was a big time, uh, you know, contributor for us as well, who was unbelievable. And uh, Riley Martin came in and threw so many innings for us out of the pen. He was a long reliever lefty and he's anywhere from, you know, 92 to 94. And it was, he was filling up the zone and he was getting it done. He's, he's a, he's a very good competitor as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, those two guys kind of – that's the first thing I think about when I think of, like, a sleeper or somebody, like, who doesn't get enough attention because those guys those guys were massive contributors to us uh, winning our championship. And is there a coach or a manager that you've dealt with throughout the Cubs minor league process so far in the last year that if one day you reach the ultimate goal of playing major league baseball and stuff, you'll look back and be like, that guy helped me figure this out about my game? Um. I would say D'Angelo Jimenez, who is our, uh, our like, I think he's our hitting coach this year. I'm not sure, like, the actual title. But he uh, he played eight years in the big leagues. And um, he was, like, he was always there. And, like, the best thing, like, for me is I like when people sit there and, like, tell me, like, how it was, how they like, call it how they see it. And he was always being the first one there to be either telling me how bad it was or, you know, what he saw that was good. And so, like, I, I really enjoyed that. And I think it helped me a ton this year. And, uh, yeah, I would say D'Angelo Jimenez for sure. Very cool. Is there anybody that you've heard about in terms of coaching or managing that is maybe in a higher level, like AA, AAA, that you're excited to work with going forward? Have Maybe someone that reached out to you along the way or something? Uh, Ron Vallone, RV, our uh, our AAA 
uh, the pitching coach. He's he's the man. He played with my uncle in the big leagues. Knows my family. He, uh, he I think he was the first coach I met when I first started like when I first got drafted and started playing catch with the Cubs and everything. Uh, Barbie's he's the man, dude. He's he's one of my really close friends, and he's and there's I mean there's a couple other guys. There's a couple coordinators. Uh, Mike Mason, uh, Carlos Chantres. Uh, those guys have. You know, always been in my corner, and it's been unbelievable to you know work with them, and I'm 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 very excited to you know keep working with them in the future, and you know uh, just get the chance to keep growing our relationship. That's really cool. And now, since you were you know became a part of the Chicago Cubs organization, the organization as a whole has kind of had a major overhaul, and we've seen guys advance into Major League Baseball. Some of the you know stars that helped them win the World Series were pushed out of town a little bit via trades and whatnot. What does it feel like to be somebody who's in the minor league system right now that the Cubs look like and go, that guy can help us in the future get back to where we once were now that kind of the old guard is gone? Uh, I mean, it's a blessing. I mean, uh, that's kind of what I, how I envisioned it when I was first drafted. You know, at the end, the end goal for me is, you know, help the Chicago Cubs win a World Series. And, uh, you know, I feel like, as time keeps going, I, as, as I keep getting older, like, you know, I'm eventually getting close to that goal to being able to, you know, help them, you know, contribute at the, at the, at the big level. And, you know, that's kind of like the goals that uh, I set up, you know, when I first was drafted and knew I was getting into professional baseball, whatever team, you know, chose me at the time. I was like, I just want to, you know, help them be the best team they can be. Absolutely. And when you were on our show last year, you were pumping up the tires of your friend, Brennan Davis. And then a couple weeks later, we had him on the show and he was pumping your tires, and it's just pretty obvious that you guys are bros. Like, how's Brennan doing as far as on a personal level and with his game this year? I know he had an injury, you know, but but he's awesome. I mean, there's no doubt that yeah. he'll be a great player in the MLB one day. Oh, absolutely. No, Brennan, Brennan's awesome, man. I just uh, – I talk to Brennan about every day. We play a PGA Tour online, me, him, and Ryan Jensen all the time. And, uh, no, Brennan, dude, Brennan's the man. Brennan's one of the best people I've ever met in my entire life. Like, it's just he's – like – unbelievable athlete has so much going for him that but the most humble dude that i've ever met like okay am i back here okay i don't know what happened uh and just well hates talking about anything you know that he's got going for him at the time like he tries to push it off and like like me and jensen always give him uh crap for just for like bro come on like it's okay you know you can puff yourself up a little bit i mean come on you're you know your number two prospect your futures game mvp and uh no but he's I mean, he, he comes from a, his mom was a great lady. I mean, he's, like I said, he's one of the best. It looks like we lost Cole for a second. We'll wait to get him back. He's talking about Brandon oh, Davis. There you go. Sorry. There you go. No, you're good. But uh, no, I mean, like I said, that's one of the best human beings and one of my best friends, uh, you know, and I, I mean, it's, it's a blessing, you know, to have that type of relationship. And, you know, I, I know this probably sounds weird, but there are Cubs fans who just love hearing that because if guys are coming through the minors together and obviously he's pretty close to being a major league player at this point. But, you know, if you guys all reach the game together, it's just it, it makes it easier to win and more fun to win if you're doing it with guys you like. So I know there are Cubs fans that appreciate that. And another guy that I wanted to kind of ask you about here. The Cubs traded Baez to the Mets for Peter Crow Armstrong. And when he came in, he was the number five prospect. But this year, he was so dominant. Have you gotten a chance to meet Pete? And is there anything about his game that you are just so excited to see translate to the next level? Yeah, no, Pete's, Pete's my boy. Pete was my uh, center fielder at the middle and to the end of the season. So uh, 
No, nah, me and Pete are really close. Me and Pete, I hung out with Pete in Dallas for the OU Texas game. Uh, no, nah, me, Pete's an awesome kid. Pete's, Pete's got a really good, uh, good head on his shoulders, and uh, he, he's going to make it far in baseball for sure. And he's going to be in the big leagues and play for a long time. But he's just a, he's also a very humble guy. He's a great kid, you know, great work ethic. Uh, doesn't let the outside, you know, you know, pressure ever affect him on the field. And uh, no, he's 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 an awesome kid. That's good. I can't wait to see him and all you guys make it to the the big leagues for sure. Um, the twenty twenty three season it's a couple months away, but it'll get here before you know it. Is there anything you're working on right now, whether it be a certain pitch in your arsenal or pitches that you've already had for a long time that you're like, I'm working on this all winter long and it's going to be ready by spring training? Um, been toying with the slider a little bit, and I think that's eventually going to become like a a, a real thing. So for this next season, um. And been really working on shortening up my arm slot a little bit just to kind of be a little bit more consistent and kind of have everything, you know, just tightened up and uh, kind of trying to, like I said, you're always working on something. So that, that's, those are the two biggest things right now is, uh, yeah, working on a slider and then uh, working on shortening my arm path and kind of just being more consistent down the, down the mound. A lot of the times you hear media people talk about pitchers becoming pitchers more throwers or something like that. Is there truth to that, or is that just kind of made up of a thing? Like when you start throwing a hundred, people are like, "Whoa, we, we, you know, it, it's pretty awesome to throw a hundred, but you people worry about injuries and whatnot." Like, is there a truth to that, or is that just all kind of nonsense? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed a little bit of that. Uh, I had a little coughing attack. But are you oh. talking about like people throwing a hundred, and then like people start looking at it as like a bigger risk? Yeah, bigger risk, and then talk about their media people that'll always say, "Oh, he needs to become a a pitcher rather than a thrower." Is that all noise? Is that nonsense? Uh, it, it is. I mean, at the end of the day, if you can't throw it over, you know, the 17 inches of, of the home plate, I mean, it doesn't matter if you throw it 150. Uh, I mean, you still got to throw it over the plate. So, I mean, it, it, I mean, like, there's, there's always pros and cons to everything, you know, that somebody's going to try and say. And so, uh, I mean, there is a little bit of truth to that. I mean, but if you can do both, I mean, why, why would you not like, you know, that's, if you can do both I and mean, do go ahead and do that. But, Sometimes it's easier, easier said than done. Uh, but I, I can't really give you like a straight answer on that one because it's kind of wishy-washy with 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 the media and kind of like, I mean, you still have to throw strikes and go out there and compete at the end of the day. Absolutely. That makes sense. I appreciate that answer. So off the field, 2022, you're hanging out with the boys, the South Bend Cubs, whatnot, going through the motions. You, you touched on the dog days of the season. Are there any funny stories from off the field that you can share where you're like, that was a hilarious moment that people need to know about? Um, me, Jordan Wicks, who else was with us? I think it was Casey Opitz, Caleb Knight, all of us went golf, uh, and, uh, and, um, Brad Depperman. We all went golfing one day and I had to use a rental set and I get up there with a driver. <clears throat> First, like swing, snap the whole drive right down the middle. The whole thing just snaps at the shaft. And uh, so eventually we're like, oh, that's, this isn't good. Like, I was like, oh, I guess I have to buy this driver now. So I went up to the pro shop and eventually they were like, ah, oh, it's all right, man. Like, you don't have to do anything. We, like, we're sorry, bro. God, you. I was like, but it was hilarious because it was like literally the first swing that I took. It just snapped right on the tee box. And I was like, that's, that's about the only thing that kind of stands out to me, I guess. <laughs> but that was hilarious at the time.
No, yeah, that's a hilarious moment. Like the guy who throws a hundred just snaps his his driver. Yeah, it was unbelievable. That's hilarious. I appreciate that story. What do you like to do off the field besides you know snapping drivers in half while going? Yeah, uh, dude, I played I play a ton of video games. Honestly, that's kind of like where I kind of get away at. I play a ton of NBA 2K. Uh, I was playing a ton of MLB The Show, uh, Call of Duty. Uh, yeah, those, those are kind of the big three for me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, literally it was as soon as I get home from the field, playing video games. As soon as I wake up, just make food, play video games, go to the field. And that was about my daily my daily routine. Yeah, we're getting questions in the chat. PS5 or Series X? People uh, don't know. PS5. Yeah, PS5. I kind of figured that's what you were going to say. You you rub me as a PS5 guy. I'm a PS5 guy, too. That's why I'm saying it. Yeah, I, I, I love the PS5, dude. I always stick with PlayStation, though. Hell, yeah. That's funny. Uh, I, I'm i going to put you on the spot. When you play MLB, the show is your team and don't lie. Uh, I don't – so I, I play uh, Diamond Dynasty. So, I, I you know, okay. it's like where you build your own team and stuff. Yep. Yeah, so I have – I haven't played the show in a while, but I – grinded that game for so long my team's kind of nasty and then i kind of just like you know got over it and started playing call of duty that's funny i i just asked because i was hoping you'd be like funny and be like yeah when i play online i i use the cardinals or something but i no no no, no. i'd never do that <laughs> that's funny um yeah. off topic questions have popped in my mind are you excited for a rivalry game like that oh dude yeah absolutely that's i mean that's like if i could pick a uh, a scenario in my head it's against the cardinals at bush stadium and i get the start and that's that's the scenario that i would pick out a hundred out of a hundred times can can you explain why on the road what's making you ch- say on the road at bush stadium rather than at wrigley field it, both are cool don't get me wrong i'm not poo-pooing your answer i'm just yeah, yeah. um it's i think a lot of it's just because the fact that my uncle played for the cardinals and so i'd like to go there and then you know kind of dominate them. I think it's been there, you know, when, when I'm getting booed and stuff. So I think that, and that kind of gives you, you get a little bit more adrenaline, you know, when people are out there and they're throwing stuff at you, talking trash to you in the bullpen. Yeah. But uh, I think, I think that's, that's kind of where it, where it'd be at. That's funny. Now, is that the place where you would go to where all like your boys are at and they grew up the fan of that team and you'd have to go shove it up their hoop? Or is there another team that comes to mind when you think of a scenario like that? I would say that's that's probably the main one by far. I can't really think of another one like that even comes close to that, honestly. I believe it. Joe in the chat wants to know, is PGA 2K33 any good? Yes. Or 23, Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. We play it on Master, and so you can, like, mess up your shots terribly, and you can top your drives and hit them, like, 13 yards. And so I've seen Brennan and Jensen do that a couple of times. I'm the best. That's, I'm the best PGA uh, 2K23 player out of uh, out of us three. Oh, I, I thought you were gonna drop it, drop a bomb and say you were the best one in the Chicago Cubs organization. But Ooh, you're I, the best of those three, it's kind of hard to argue that you probably you probably are. I I don't know. I the only other person I play with who's unbelievable at like video games like that is Justin Steele. Justin Steele is disgusting at video games. So he's just one of those like dudes that's good looking. Sick at games, sick at baseball. Like, he's one of those guys that guys like me, like, rip on in high school. Like, yeah, the, the, the man missile? Yeah, the man missile, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He, no, he's got it. He's got it for sure. 
unreal year for Justin Steele, eh? Yeah, dude, I'm, dude, that's the boy. I love that guy. That dude is unbelievable. So happy are for him. Other, are there any other Cubs that played this year where you're like, whoa, these guys are awesome? Like, like Keegan Thompson really shocked me this year. Yeah. And then, you know, Justin Steele was awesome. I know they ended up trading a couple of their relievers, but, like, the Cubs, they, they weren't a good team by any means, but they had some dudes this year. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, uh, Hayden Wesneski, I thought it was – disgusting when he first came out i haven't i haven't got to meet him or anything but i just saw him on uh i saw like his highlights and stuff and i was like dude yeah that slider's ridiculous that's cool and then i got one more baseball question for you and then i'll ask you one more personal question otani and judge each had outstanding years i want to know where you lie on that debate judge hit 62 home runs he was one of the most prolific offensive players in the history of the sport for one season and then otani was an all-star bat once again and he came in fourth place for the Cy Young, hit a home run against each of the three guys who finished ahead of him. Who would you take in the MVP race? Dude, I I think it's so hard to go away from Shohei Otani. I, I I mean, dude, when you have a dude who does it on both sides, one side's hard enough, but you got a guy that is an all-star basically as a pitcher and a hitter at the same time. Like, no one has done what he what he. It has been doing and, and continues to do so i it's just it's so hard for me to go against him honestly like what judge did was unbelievable but dude no one's pitching and hitting like shohei otani it's unreal man i agree with you judge is a 350 million dollar hitter otani's a 275 million dollar pitcher and a 275 million dollar hitter like he's exactly easily much money as he wants and so I'm with you on that. I think Judge is going to win, and I think that's how the voters are going to go. Yeah. But me personally, I'll go Otani. Yeah, I, I think he, I think he'll end up winning it just because of what he did was history, and yep. you know that has to be, that has to be you know, kind of in the in the open. I agree. Can you hit? Uh, I was committed uh, to University of Oklahoma to play third base and pitch. So I mean, okay. So it was the, a lot of it was a lot of uh, home run or strikeout for me. Honestly, it wasn't very many. Uh, Gap to gap, singles, doubles. It was either all or nothing, basically. Okay, so if there's a scenario, though, where whatever team you're on, even if it's the Cubs one day and they have to forfeit the DH for whatever reason, you're you're getting in the box and you're feeling good oh. about yourself? Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. I'm in the box. All I'm right. in the box and I'm, I'm taking absolute cuts. You know, Cole, if that ever happens, just for whatever, like I know it's kind of hard with the DH being taken out of the NL now and you're in an NL organization, but if that yeah. ever happens, I'm going to remember this conversation. I don't know if you're going to because you probably do so many cooler things than this, but, man, I'm going to live it up if that ever happens for There's, you. I'm not button. I'll tell you that. I will I not believe, be button. I believe I mean, Dylan Cease, he took two – I can't remember if it was this year or last year – he got two at bats in a national. It had to have been last year because of the DH rule. They yeah. were playing a national league team, and he had two sing, he had two singles and a double. And I'm like, Dylan Cease, you don't think that skinny dude is going to go in there and you know dominate in the batter's box the way that he did? No, yeah, exactly. I know, I, but that's what I'm saying. Sometimes you got to get up there and just take hacks. I mean, you got to at least try. You guys were all the best players on your team in little league and high school and. You know, I, I know how it goes. Like, the, the best pitcher on the team is also the best hitter. I played all the way till I was 18 years old. And the best hitter was also the best pitcher. And then they kind of give it up halfway through. And I, I hope Otani inspires more kids to do both personally. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes it helps you be a better athlete too overall. Exactly. 
like do do both as long as you can. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. And I, you know, they, they keep saying it's once in a lifetime, once in a, it's not even once in a generation, but it is once in a lifetime, like Babe Ruth Otani. Well, hopefully Otani playing in the social media age is able to get more pitchers to quit, to stop quitting hitting, especially like I know there's the DH now, but you, there's also the Shohei Otani rule. So if you're good enough at both, you can do it. Are there any expectations for the 2023 season for you personally? Is there a goal that you want to achieve, whether it be reaching triple A? Or, you know, hitting a certain number of innings, throwing that slider X amount of times in games that matter. What's your goal for this year? Besides staying healthy, of course. Um, I would say the biggest thing is probably limiting walks, making more competitive misses for me. Uh, also, I want to get up above, like, the 100-inning limit. Um, and, you know, continue to keep my average fastball in the mid to upper 90s. I would say those those are kind of the biggest the biggest expectations uh, I expect out of myself um, for next year for sure. Absolutely, Cole. I can't thank you enough for coming on this show. It has been my absolute pleasure to interview you. It's one of my more favorite conversations I've ever had. Is there any shout outs or anything you want to give before we send you out of here? Um, well, I appreciate you for having me. Uh, I want to shout out my mom and dad because they're going to end up watching this. My mom's going to be like, "Well, why didn't you give me any love?" Uh, and uh, I want to shout out my dad. Uh, he obviously was my coach and my mentor growing up in baseball. And, uh, yeah, I mean, thanks to both you guys. Love you. But, uh, yeah, so I had to throw that in there because they always get on me if I don't mention them. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I, I appreciate them for helping them get you to where you are because I'm a huge fan. And I can't wait to watch you make your MLB debut and win a National League Championship Series game against the St. Louis Cardinals at Bush Stadium. Complete game shutty, one hit against We'll even go no-hitter. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. I love it. All right, Cole. Good luck to everything this year, and we'll be in touch soon. Thank you very much, everyone. We would like to send you to a quick commercial break. you got to be accountable to yourself. you got to be fair to yourself and say, hey, you know, I I screwed up here, and this is where i got to get better. You know, like EQ has that drop on that play. He should never have dropped that ball. Okay, but he did. Okay, then you can get into the the uh, the two interference calls on the Bears, which I thought were atrocious, and then the non-call on Claypool, which was even worse. I mean, that, he was literally getting a, a, a uh, <laughs> looked like they were doing a Heimlich maneuver with him or something, you know? Exactly, or something X-rated. <laughs> yeah, you know, so. Um, I like that x-ray. They they didn't call it, you know, so, but there's nothing you can do about it. I I, I tweeted out during the game. Yeah. You're going to get a letter from the league on Wednesday saying, yeah, we made a mistake. That should have been a call. Big deal. I cannot thank Cole Franklin enough for coming on this show. He is one of my favorite guests to have. He's the first player for a professional baseball team to come on this show twice. So you can add him to the list of people that I've interviewed along with the great guys from South Burbs Hitman in some way, shape, or form. Jake Berger, Gavin Sheets, uh, Liam Hendricks, um, Sean Burke. I mean, these guys are unbelievable, big fans of theirs. Can't thank Cole enough for coming on. And he will forever be a Midwest League champion in high A. And I'm very proud 
that he's been able to come on this show twice, and hopefully we're able to have him many more times as he progresses through his major league career. Now, on to the news across Major League Baseball. The first thing I wanted to talk about is the great Tony Rizzo. Former Chicago Cubs star Anthony Rizzo is back with the New York Yankees after declining his qualifying offer earlier in the offseason. He goes back to the Yankees on a two-year deal with a third-year option. He is going to make about as much money with a chance to earn more than the Cubs originally offered him. He bet on himself, and he won. He is with the New York Yankees, a team that is a perennial contender each and every year. And I'm happy for Anthony Rizzo. He's one of the great human beings to play the game of baseball over the last decade or more, and he deserves to be in a good situation with the Yankees where they are going to be a World Series contender probably as long as he and a couple other guys on the team. If Aaron Judge stays, we'll get to him in a minute, but Giancarlo Stanton, DJ LeMahieu, Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, it's an outstanding group of you know, players there in New York and Aaron Boone is going to return for another year. They were, they weren't close to beating the Astros. In my opinion, the Astros were the class of the American league and really nobody came close to them. In fact, the team that gave them the hardest time was the Seattle Mariners and they still found a way to sweep them as well. Besides the Phillies, of course, but the world series is a different story. Speaking of the Yankees, Aaron judge is a free agent and he's probably one of the bigger free agents in the history of the sport because he's coming off a year where he broke Roger Maris's record for the most home runs hit by an American league player in the same season with 62. And it's one of the greatest offensive outputs in the history of the sport. He is a free agent. He can sign with any team in the league right now, tomorrow, two weeks from now, three months from now, but it will be done by the time spring training opens in February. And the New York Mets and the New York Yankees are under investigation for, I don't know if you can call it tampering, but, you know, conversations with Aaron Judge while they weren't allowed to be doing so. And we're going to see what happens. It's probably going to cost both of them draft picks. I do think he signs with one of those two things, mainly because I do think he is actually, in fact, going to return to the New York Yankees. But that's another story for another day. I'm not sure. You know, what's in his mind? There are people connecting him to the Giants because he's from the Bay Area. He's certainly not going to go to the A's because they're rebuilding and they don't really purchase free agents the way that uh, certain teams in Major League Baseball do. Um, White Sox fans think their team is cheap. Talk about the Oakland A's. I mean, in the last, you know, couple years, they've gotten rid of Chapman and Olsen and now they're going to trade Sean Murphy, you know, the great catcher there. Um, It's an interesting team. We'll see uh, if they're able to make big moves even the rotation montas and bassett all those guys are gone so and they let liam hendricks walk in free agency to the white Sox. so it's not a very you know expensive team over there and so judge certainly if he's choosing a bay area team it's going to be the san francisco giants but we'll see if he actually ends up leaving new york something that i found interesting that's related to aaron judge today is the fact that his 62nd home run was caught by a fan who today declined $3 million for the ball. He can hand over the ball and be handed $3 million, and he chose not to. He must think he could get more money than that because there's no way that he just kept the ball for sentimental reasons. I know a lot. I'm pretty sure the guy who caught it was already rich. You had to spend a lot of money to get outfield tickets for those games anyway. So sometimes the rich get richer. But we all knew that the people at the Yankees game, when Judge was chasing this record, those were expensive tickets. Okay, you couldn't just, you know, 
spend money on the game every single day unless you had a fair amount. And so the people that were there, you know, we'll see what happens with the ball that ended up being caught the 62nd home run of the season by Aaron judge. It is a historic baseball. In fact, is it one of the most 10 historic baseballs in the history of the game? I'm thinking Barry Bonds's home run record that broke Henry Aaron's record. I would say the Henry Aaron ball that broke George Herman Babe Ruth's record. Um, maybe a couple different World Series balls, like maybe when the Red Sox ended their drought to win the 2004 World Series, stuff like that. But yeah, imagine turning down $3 million. I, I can't imagine what type of position I would be in to turn down $3 million for a baseball. And listen, I love baseball. I love it to my core. I would love to have Aaron Judge's three or 60-second home run sitting on my mantle. But for $300 million? What? Or not $300 million, $3 million? He's going to make $300 million, maybe more. Um, we have some notes on the All-Star games over the next couple years. Bob Nightingale recently tweeted what's going on with the whole all-star game situation of course last year it was supposed to be in atlanta it was moved out to colorado was that last year or the year before that was probably the year before um no that was probably last year i don't even remember the all-star games are all starting to blend in because they're all so great and i love it so much the 2023 all-star game is going to take place in seattle the mariners are going to host it and it's going to be probably a pretty raucous crowd the Mariners are finally good and when they they're gonna have a bunch of all-stars right like you would think Julio goes and stuff like that so I'm sure it's gonna be a pretty crazy atmosphere for the home run derby and the all-star game in Seattle in 2023 I am looking forward to it in 2024 it came out today that the all-star game is going to be taking place at Globe Life Stadium in Arlington, Texas, the brand new, beautiful billion dollar stadium that they built for the Texas Rangers. You might remember the 2020 World Series was in a bubble when the Los Angeles Dodgers played against the Tampa Bay Rays and the Dodgers won the World Series on that neutral site bubble location. That was Globe Life Stadium, right? And it's prime of its or right as it's about to open. So the Texas Rangers, they have one of the most beautiful stadiums in the league now and they will be hosting the 24 all-star game now 25 is where things get very interesting the all-star game for some reason in 2025 is undecided they have the 2026 location set but the 2025 location is undecided there are leading candidates and fans of this show are going to be interested in this for one the toronto blue jays the baltimore orioles the atlanta braves and the Chicago Cubs are the four leading candidates to land the All-Star game in 2025. Part of me believes the MLB is going to bring it back to Atlanta after taking it out for political reasons back a couple years ago. And I say a couple years ago, I literally can't remember if it was this year or last year. One of them was in Los Angeles. One of them was um, uh, in Colorado. Either way, It'd be interesting if the Cubs got it. It's been a long time since the Cubs got it. I'm going to write about it for DeWindyCity.com. You know, the Cubs being a leading candidate for the All-Star game. That would be really cool. Because the cool thing about a team, a city with two teams hosting an All-Star game, us White Sox fans will be able to go and cheer on our guys in the American League and our friends, the Chicago Cub fans, 
we all have friends that are of the opposite team of us. Um, we're all going to enjoy that. And I think that would be great for the city to have the all-star game. I would probably do everything in my power to go to both the home run derby and the all-star game. If they were to come to Chicago, that just feels like a once in a lifetime thing. Like when the NHL draft was at the United center, I made sure I was there and the New Jersey devils, my team ended up having the number one overall pick not to brag, but it was fun. Um, I am super excited. Um, that they're able to get this done. The all-star game coming to the Wrigley Field, I mean, it would just be so great um, to have a team or a team like the Cubs host the all-star game, right? Like it hasn't been at Fenway since the late 90s, which I kind of think Boston is, you know, getting screwed a little bit. They should have the all-star game, I would say, after 30-something years, like, how many teams in the league have had it twice since Boston last had it? I know Fenway Park, old. Wrigley Field, also old. You got to have – before – I'm not saying that this is ever going to happen, but before anything happens where the Cubs and Red Sox play at a different baseball field after a while, I, I would assume it happens at some point in life, but I'm, maybe not. But you got to have another all-star game at both places. Wrigley Field would be really cool for the Midsummer Classic in 2025. I would certainly be excited – if something like that happened, I would go cheer every White Sox player from Wrigley Field. It would be awesome. Now, 2026, it's decided already it's going to be at the Philadelphia Philly Stadium. So the defending National League champions already know that in the next couple of years, they will have the All-Star game. Hopefully, guys like Bryce Harper is a guy like Bryce Harper is able to still be in his prime at that point in time. What is that? four years from now. I think he will be. He's undergoing off-season surgery. That'll keep him out of the beginning of next year, I think. But it's it's a good situation for Philly right now. They are off and running. Um, I did get a little piece of information here just now. The Chicago White Sox will play Team Columbia on March 9th in a spring training type of atmosphere, which the World Baseball Classic is coming up. We have a new breaking World Baseball Classic announcement that I'm going to touch on in a little bit here, so stay tuned for that. But I also believe the White Sox are playing Team USA during the spring training schedule. So now the White Sox are going to have two matchups against the World Baseball Classic teams. I don't know if anyone from the White Sox is on Team Columbia, but I am I know for a fact Tim Anderson is on Team USA, so is he going to play for the White Sox or Team USA? I'm assuming it'll be for Team USA because the World Baseball Classic is going to be right after that. Listen, guys, I am so excited for the World Baseball Classic. I am going to cheer all the White Sox and Team USA as hard as I cheer for any MLB scenario. This is going to be very fun. If you want to know who's on each World Baseball Classic team as of right now, all you, you could Google it. I mean, not every team is full roster right now, but a lot of the teams are really starting to fill up. And we'll get to the big one that was just announced today in a couple minutes here. The American League Cy Young Award winner was announced yesterday. Justin Verlander of the Houston Astros took the award home by unanimous decision. He has now got three Cy Young Awards in addition to two World Series champions it, championships. It was an outstanding season for Mr. Verlander. He, he was always a Hall of Famer. He's even more a Hall of Famer now. Like he added a World Series trophy and a um, 
Cy Young award to his mantle during this season in uh, after two years of not pitching and to just come back and dominate like that. It has been absolutely incredible. So congrats to him. Our guy, Chicago White Sox fans guy, former Chicago Cubs fans guy, Dylan Cease came in second place. It was not a unanimous second place. There were a couple people that voted him in second place. A couple people voted him third. There were a few people that put him fourth and one dummy from Cleveland that put him as the fifth. Listen, I don't understand not putting him at minimum third. I would have voted him second personally, and I'm I'm biased. I wanted him to win, but I would have voted him second unbiasedly. And But to put him fifth, and the Cleveland guy, of course, the Cleveland guy, you know, hate the White Sox. Yeah, I get it. They, you'll put Bieber ahead of him. Congrats. Every statistic definitely points to Bieber being better than Cease this year, right? Like, at least Alec Manoa, like, he had a case in a way. Not really, but still. Not, unlike Bieber, like, don't try to tell me Bieber was better than Cease this year. And uh, Manoa, Alec Manoa, he did end up coming in third. Well-deserved third-place victory. People who vote, there were people that voted him second. I don't understand it, but... He deserved to come in third. The guy who came in fourth place, Shohei Otani. We touched on it with Cole Franklin. He's not going to win the MVP tonight when they announce it. I just know Aaron Judge is going to win it. He might win it unanimously, which is just stunning to me because Shohei Otani came in fourth place. And the guys that finished ahead of him, Verlander, Cease, Manoa, all of them. Gave up a home run to Shohei Otani's bat during the 2022 season. You mean to tell me this guy is so good that he came in fourth place for the Cy Young Award and hit a home run off of the three guys that hit a finished ahead of him because he's so good at hitting bombs. He hit, what, 38 of them this year? He's just so good at hitting and so good at pitching. I, he's not going to be the MVP, and it's honestly a stunning thing to me. Like, Judge was amazing. I, I would give Otani the vote every year as long as he's top five hitter, top five hitter. He's top one player. So, you know, kudos to him. It was an incredible year. And uh, Alcantara, or Alcantara, I always get confused how to say it. He is the winner for the National League from the Miami Marlins. Um, it was by unanimous decision. It was just an unbelievable year for him as well. Um, I think if the MLB gave a gave a league-wide Cy Young Award, Alcantara would probably come in second to Verlander, and then Cease probably would have came in third. But, I mean, they give two for a reason. They're two separate leagues. They play two separate schedules at that point in time. So congrats to both Cy Young Award winners. Back to Otani. He came out today and announced that he is going to be a member of Team Japan in the World Baseball Classic. The two-way superstar is going to be the ace of Japan's staff, and he is going to be the best hitter in Japan's lineup. I don't know what other guys are going to play for Team Japan. I'm sure they're going to be able to put together a really, really good team. Maybe we'll see a guy like Seiya Suzuki play for Team Japan, or maybe we'll see you, Darvish. I'm not too certain if those guys are going to want to play ahead of their major league season coming up, but we'll see what happens. I'm very excited for the World Baseball Classic. And to cap off the show, I do want to touch on the MVP races going on in Major League Baseball right now. Aaron Judge is going up against Shohei Otani. And I can't even remember who's the third place now or who's the third nominee for the American League MVP right now. 
it doesn't matter. It's going to be one of Judge or Otani, and Judge is probably going to win it, and Otani is going to come in second. I would vote for Otani if I had a vote, and that is my unbiased vote. I'm not an Angels fan. I'm not a Yankees fan. I like both teams. I watch both teams pretty closely because the Yankees are always just one of those teams that are like thrown in your face. You're kind of forced to watch them if you watch baseball in general. And then the Angels, they're one of the teams I throw on late at night a lot because their games start at nine. The White Sox are over by then. I throw on the Angels so I can watch Otani. And every fifth day, I lock into the Angels because Otani's pitching. So, you know, I think I have a pretty fair opinion, unbiased opinion here. If I had a vote, maybe I will one day, I would vote for Otani to be the MVP. But I think Judge is going to win. In the National League, it's a little less cut and dry. Paul Goldschmidt is the favorite to win the award. The other two nominees are his teammate, Nolan Arenado, and Manny Machado of the San Diego Padres. I believe that Goldschmidt probably is going to win the award. I have no clue who's going to come in second. I have no clue who's going to come in third. I'm sure we'll see some other big names come in fourth, fifth, sixth. I mean, it's going to be an interesting ballot to see the National League. It's always It's been a two-horse race all season long in the American League, but – I am absolutely all in on Goldschmidt probably taking the award. I think he deserves it. And if Judge and Goldschmidt do win the award, it will be the first MVP for each of them. I do think that's significant. I do think that's cool. Aaron Judge is a good enough player who deserves to have an MVP in his career. So we'll see if you know that that's what ends up being the case. But I'm excited about baseball. The hot stove is on fire. The White Sox are going to trade for Sean Murphy and the Cubs are going to let Wilson Contreras go, but they're going to trade for Tyler Glasnow and a bunch of other people from the Tampa Bay Rays. This team's selling everyone. This team's buying everyone. Jacob DeGrom can't decide between the Mets and the Rangers, but the Rangers are going to host the All-Star game in two years. It'd be nice if they had a face like Jacob DeGrom to help sell it along with Seager and Semyon. So, you know, there are all sorts of rumors right now, and I'm here to tell you right now that when it comes to the Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Cubs, there is no two better websites to follow on the internet than SouthsideShowdown.com and DeWindyCity.com. DeWindy City will have White Sox and Cubs news. Southside Showdown will be covering exclusively the Chicago White Sox. And I will give a shout out to my personal friend, Jordan Scoops Campbell, who is now the site expert of Cubby's Crib, the old, the specific Chicago Cubs fan-sided site. So you could follow Cubby's Crib. You could follow Southside Showdown for Cubs and White Sox individuality. And then if you want it all together with the rest of the Chicago sports landscape, you could follow DeWindyCity.com. I'm telling you, this is serious stuff. You can go on and get the best analysis and opinions and predictions for all of it. The hot stove is starting to heat up. The winter meetings are in just a couple weeks. Very excited to bring that to you through the form of this show and my blogs. It's going to be a great time. As far as the Barroom Network goes, you can tune into the rest of the shows that are on this program. Obviously, you got the Mike North Advantage, Fantasy Football Goon. Um, I'll be back next Wednesday on Bar Down Talking Hockey. The National Hockey League is heating up as good as ever the new jersey devils are on a 10 game heater and it's just great things going on in the nhl right now if you want to read my hockey work you could head on over to pucksandpitchforks.com for my new jersey devils work you can head on over to the windy city for my chicago blackhawks work and on puck pros puckpros.com i will also be covering all 32 nhl teams i have a piece coming out on the los angeles kings later this afternoon uh, Moore had a hat trick yesterday. He was the first California born player to ever have a hat trick on a California based team. 
Very exciting stuff. If you're interested in all sports, the Barroom Network is your place to be. Reading the blogs on Fansided is your place to be. I can't thank everyone enough for tuning in, everyone in the chat. Special shout-out to Joe Mandel for helping me with this show. It was an outstanding performance as producer today. You're one of my very best friends in the entire world. Thank you so much for that. And as always, thank you for listening.